Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Rob Gerlach. Rob is the Executive Director of Technology Transfer and Commercialization at Wichita State University and a registered patent attorney. At Wichita State, Rob is tasked with protecting the university's intellectual property and transferring innovation from the university to the commercial marketplace where its true potential can be realized. Rob believes that conventional technology transfer methods don't work for universities situated like Wichita State. And one of his primary goals is to reshape how technology transfer is handled by urban serving universities. Prior to joining Wichita State, Rob was a patent attorney at Thompson, Coburn, and Patterson and Sheridan. In private practice, Rob dealt heavily with patent prosecution, patent litigation, and post-grant proceedings, such as inter-parties reviews. Rob received a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from Wichita State and a JD from St. Louis University with a concentration in intellectual property law. And with that very impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Rob. Lisa, my friend, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and to talk with you and your listeners a little bit about what we're doing at Wichita State University. Well, I'm really excited to have you here, Rob, and thanks again for taking part in the podcast. So I'm excited to hear about your journey to tech transfer because that's generally how I like to start these podcasts off. And yours is a very different journey. You were a patent attorney, much like myself in a law firm. What made you decide to switch gears and go into tech transfer at Wichita State? It's funny, about two months ago, I would have answered this question by saying that my path to tech transfer was very unusual. But what I've learned from listening to all of your podcasts is it seems like everyone's path to tech transfer is a little bit unusual. So in that sense, I guess I'm pretty typical. One one thing that might set me apart a little bit is the speed with which I came to tech transfer you know, I, I jokingly say that I'm probably the youngest tech transfer director in the United States at the age of 31. But really, the way this whole journey began was back in 2011, I got my undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering from Wichita State University. And I already knew at that point that I was going to law school. That was something that my father had planted in my head about two years previous, this idea of going to law school and becoming a patent attorney. And when I left Wichita, you know, I never thought there was a chance for me to come back to Wichita with intellectual property being part of that career path. And so I, I went to St. Louis University School of Law and I graduated law school and I worked at a uh, general practice firm in St. Louis. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to go down to a patent boutique, an IP boutique in Houston before going back to St. Louis. And, and during that time in my private practice, my focus was patent prosecution, patent litigation. And then towards the end, and definitely the, my favorite part about the practice was inter partes reviews. I really enjoy those because you get the time to really delve into some things and it's just a lot of fun. 
And one day out of the blue, I, I got a call from the individual who at that time was running the tech transfer function here at Wichita State. And she asked me if I might be interested in coming back to Wichita State to run the tech transfer office. And I remember my immediate knee-jerk reaction was a resounding, well, of course, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, here I am at a law firm. I'm an associate. I'm, I'm, things are going very well. I'm well on the way, in my mind, at least, to partnership. And so the idea of going to run a tech transfer office was was really not something that appealed to me. But the more I thought about it and the more I kind of reflected, I realized it, it does have some of the things that I would find intriguing. And so I, at a minimum, I was going to take the interview. And when I did, I came back to Wichita and I met with Mark Torline, who is still here at the university. He runs the Center for Entrepreneurship. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, when you come and if you come to Wichita State University, you're going to be running a startup inside of the university. And, you know, I always used to say that I had the golden handcuffs and I could never go leave <laughs> and do a startup because, you know, practice, private practice law and IP is, is going very well for me. So this really provided me that opportunity to become a startup while still doing what I really enjoy, intellectual property. And so that's kind of what resulted in me coming back to Wichita State University. It's definitely the only university that I would go to to run tech transfer. Well, what was the adjustment like for you? Because it's very different being in a law firm. Yeah, it, it definitely took me a little while to adjust. When I would go to work at the law firm, I knew what I was going to be doing that day. Even if suddenly a, a brief got filed on the other side that we weren't expecting, we still had the path or the process to to answer that brief. At the university and tech transfer, there's no playbook. And so certainly there was no playbook here at Wichita State University. And so when I came in, I had to find my own path of how we were going to do things, what I was going to do on a day-to-day -day basis, and how I was going to do the tech transfer functions here. And so that was probably the biggest adjustment is just this realization that I don't know what I'm going to do. I just know that I have to grow this thing. Well, speaking of your office, for our listeners who are not familiar with it, can you tell us a little bit about it and how it's structured? Yeah. So the tech transfer, the Office of Tech Transfer and Commercialization at Wichita State University is relatively new. We were just formed in June of 2020, I believe. And before that, tech transfer, the function was housed inside of something called WSU Ventures, where it was kind of a, a part of what happened for ventures, but it wasn't the core focus. But now that we're the Office of Tech Transfer and Commercialization, everything is all about that, that implementing technology transfer and commercializing products and services. And unlike a lot of other universities, the TTC reports directly to the president of Wichita State University. Oh, wow. So we, we don't sit underneath the academic side of the house. We don't report up through the provost. Instead, we sit in this middle ground where we are between at Wichita State, we have two sides of the house. We have a, we have an, an academic side of the house and then we have what I would say is more of an industry focused side of the house. Well, tech transfer sits perfectly in between those two groups and reports directly up up to the president of the university. And we really at the office of TTC, we have a startup mentality. We run a very lean operation. Currently, there are two full-time employees in the office, myself and one other individual who is, is my admin, and she helps make sure that things get done and bills get paid and agreements get sent out and uh, invoices are processed, et cetera. She handles that entire side of the house. 
And then I also have a number of students. I have about six students, and you can really break up the students into a few different categories. One group of students helps run what we call our Gateway to IP program, and that's something we can talk about in a little bit. And then another group of the students is exactly one right now. Actually, one of the students is running the Gateway to Licensing program that we are just starting up. And then I have a third student class that is basically doing the marketing for our tech transfer office to make sure that we're getting out the message of what we're doing here at Wichita State University. We have a very lean operating budget. Uh, and, and it's not something I'm necessarily complaining about. I think that lean operating budget actually makes us be very nimble with what we're doing and makes us ensure that we aren't getting too fat on the hog, but that everything that we're doing has an immediate impact and can actually help what we're doing for our mission at Tech Transfer. And then unlike a lot of other universities that have either a med school or a big in life sciences, here at Wichita State University, we don't really have those two things. Instead, my cheat code is the National Institute for Aviation Research, which is NIAR. It's housed within the university, but NIAR really is a beast unto itself. Uh, Dr. John Tomlin has, is the director of NIAR, and he's really grown it to be quite an impressive organization. They have about 20 state-of-the-art labs. And everything that gets done within those labs is all industry focused or Department of Defense focused. There is not an academic mission per se within those labs. Now, we, we're big on something at Wichita State University called applied learning. So those labs have a large number of undergraduate students in them getting the opportunity to see how real tests are done in the real world. But really, NIAR is, is something that I think is going to enable us to propel what we're doing the tech transfer office to that next level as we continue to move forward. Wow, that's amazing all that you're able to do and especially the use of student interns. Are they are you taking them from the business school? Where are you deriving your your interns from? Yeah, so for the Gateway to IP program, the interns come predominantly from engineering because the purpose is for those students to be able to work underneath me for a number of years. We actually work with a, closely with another law firm out of St. Louis, Stinson. And those students are being trained so that after they get their undergraduate degree, every one of them can go and sit for the patent bar and become a licensed patent. That's fantastic. Immediately, which is in Wichita, that's really something we need. We have less than 10 registered patent practitioners in the entire city of Wichita, oh, wow. which is made all the more remarkable when you think of the fact that Coke Industries is headquartered here. Spirit Aerosystems is here. Textron Aviation is here. Airbus is here. The Coleman Company came from Wichita. So despite all that intellectual property leaning things, we have less than 10 registered patent wow. practitioners to city. That's great. I mean, in terms of being able to give those students that opportunity and then hopefully return back to the local community. That's a great uh, story and, and program for reinvestment. And then so some of the other students we have come from business or, you know, I, I try not to put restrictions outside of the Gateway to IP program. I, really, what I'm looking for is a student who buys into the culture that we're trying to create here at the TTC, which is I, maybe it's the fact I just got done reading the book, but no rules rule, no rules rule by Reed Hastings and what they're doing at Netflix. I try to instill that same type of culture. And what I want out of my students is they want to be here. They're not just here for a paycheck, but they really want to be here to grow and learn and expand what they're doing. That's fantastic. I wanted to ask you, Rob, how you feel that tech transfer can best serve the mission of an urban serving university like Wichita State. 
You know, Lisa, I, I really like that question because the, the mission for tech transfer at Wichita State University and the fact that we are an urban serving university is probably a little bit more unique and different than some of the other universities you've talked with. And so at Wichita State University, our primary mission, obviously, is to instruct and teach the, the undergraduate and graduate students. But another one of the things that's a big deal here at Wichita State University is that we sit within the middle of the largest city in the state of Kansas. And with that, what we try to do in our on our campus is not just meant to serve our campus. It's meant to serve our entire community. The boundaries between Wichita and Wichita State are really blurred. There really isn't boundaries. What we're trying to do is help the community in every way that we can. And I think there's some recent examples uh, that really highlight this. And one of them is during the middle of this pandemic, I, I was asked and the tech transfer office was asked to lead an initiative to figure out how we could help our local healthcare healthcare workers and how we could help, you know, during this time of need. And what we came up with was the Ad Astra Coalition, which was it started with Wichita State University. But then we quickly brought in our aviation manufacturing partners and Spirit Aerosystems and Textron Aviation and Airbus. And what we did is we realized there was a shortage of PPE. If you remember back to you know the beginning of this entire pandemic, nobody could get their hands on face shields and a number of other things. And so although we are used to manufacturing things that fly in the sky, not necessarily manufacturing PPE, we worked with our industry partners to quickly adjust. And what we ended up doing is we were able to get our hands on, a, on some film and we were able to use the Gerber cutters or the other textile cutters you would usually use for interiors of aircraft. We were quickly able to cut out a certain unique shape of a face shield. And then we 3D printed the band and we were able to put it together. And in a matter of, of really weeks between what we were doing here at Wichita State and what with our community partners, we were able to put out I want to say between twenty to 30,000 face shields wow. in a pretty small amount of time. And it didn't stop there. One of the other big things uh, is we were able to create disposable stethoscopes. And we started out with an open source model. And we quickly realized, you know, there was a number of flaws with the open source model. And so we kind of scrapped it. And we designed and built our own model. We're working closely with Airbus engineers. And we're all printing these things off at our house and trying to figure out how to make this thing work exactly the way we need to. And so... That highlights what we're trying to do through tech transfer. We're trying to create impact on our community and our state. And it's not really all about numbers. So I can definitely tell you the standard numbers that are collected by Autumn, for example. We receive 30 to 50 invention disclosures on a yearly basis. Our licensing revenues, uh, I've been here two and a half years now. By the end of my third, by, by the start of my third year, our licensing revenues will have more than 900% increase. So we've had a large increase on licensing revenues very quickly. But what I like to focus on is the story. So if we go back to that disposable stethoscope story, it started out with an engineer here in NIAR along with some Airbus engineers. And stemming from that one example, we now have a university spin out because we, we've licensed that technology, the new disposable stethoscope design we created. We've licensed that out to an individual here in the Wichita area who opted to do a spin out. He has received more than $100,000 in state funding from the state of Kansas to try to help him get the company off the ground and running because they realize the importance of this during this pandemic. He's hired a number of Wichita State students to help him 
go through the uh, the the entire process of assembling them and getting them pushed out in sales, et cetera. So that one story is an example of how we now have a spin out and we hope to return some revenue off of it. And the individual was able to raise some seed capital from the state of Kansas. That's really what we're looking to do here at Wichita State University. We're, we're into trying to figure out how we can maximize impact with the technologies that are created on our campus. That is an amazing story. And that's one of the reasons why I really love doing this podcast, because you never know where stories like that will come out. And this is a perfect example of what a lot of people would consider a very small university having a tremendous impact in its local uh, city as well as statewide. So speaking of innovations, what do you think, Rob, is most important in managing innovations to provide the greatest opportunity for success? I'm going to say something that's probably slightly controversial, but I will I will stand beside it. I do not think money is the most important thing. You know, a lot of PIs immediately like to say, if only we had more money to do this or this or this, we would be able to push this forward. In reality, what I think the most important thing is constant progress. We always need to be pushing that innovation or technology forward because if you allow it to stagnate, what quickly happens is the PI loses interest and then they have no desire to go out and reach out to industry partners and it just kind of drags on and on and on. Even if it's the most amazing technology, if there is not ongoing constant progress, the likelihood of actually being able to achieve the mission of, of creating a new product or service out of it that can impact somebody's lives, that, that likelihood is dramatically reduced. So to me, you got to have constant progress and you always need to keep focus on, on the most basic question of technology transfer, which is beyond the four streets that bound this university, who the heck cares? Who is your customer? Who is the end user? What are they going to do with this technology and how is it going to improve their lives? Because if, if you can't answer that most basic question, then, then really that innovation is probably not best suited for technology transfer and commercialization. And that's one of the real things that I like about our setup is because we're not underneath the Office of Research, you know, I buy into that there is value in the in the statement of research for the sake of research. I do truly believe there's value in that. But that is not the mission of technology transfer and commercialization. Some research does not lend itself to TTC. Just like some of the projects we work on at the tech transfer office don't lend themselves to getting large uh, grant dollars on the research side of the house. So although we're we're cousins, uh, there is a very different mission that we do here in tech transfer. Now, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about corporate partners. You've talked a little bit about them, and especially the role they've played during this pandemic. But can you talk even a little bit broader about the role they've played at tech transfer at Wichita State for example, can you give us some additional examples of relationships with corporate partners? Yeah, corporate partners at Wichita State University are extremely important. We have something called the Innovation Campus at Wichita State University. And the Innovation Campus is, I think, really less than five years old. When I went to undergraduate here at Wichita State, it was a golf course. Oh, wow. What happened is we took all 18 holes of that golf course out. And we have not stopped building on that land and bringing industry partners onto our campus. So Spirit Aerosystems has a building on Wichita State University's campus. Airbus 
has a building on our campus. Dassault Systems is on our campus. Hexagon is on our campus. The list goes on and on. Deloitte and the smart factory that we're creating here is on our campus. NetApp is now part of Wichita State University's innovation campus. And those partnerships are a very big deal for what we do here in Wichita State. And it really is why it goes back to that urban serving university. We are trying to bring more and more industry partners onto our campus. That way we can get our students closer and closer to those industry partners. We can do applied learning where the students get a chance while they're still getting their undergraduate degree to work with those partners and understand what it will be like once they graduate and and go into a full-time job at one of those places. And so really it creates this win-win example. And for what we do here at Tech Transfer, it gives us a natural partner to reach out to when we have a technology that we might think is relevant to their industry. And, you know, I never like to force a technology onto an external partner. I I think sometimes that's where certain tech transfer offices might go a little astray. They try to, oh, this makes so much sense and push it onto them. I, I like to always just give an example of how I think it fits in their strategic goals of what they're doing with their current product offerings. But I'm always looking for a situation where one plus one equals three. If it's not going to be a real value add, then I don't want my technology to go to that partner either. And so our close relationships give us a natural test ground to bring some innovation to and say, what do you think about this? What should we be focusing on? How can we maybe switch our how we're researching on this so that we'd be more serving for industry and specifically what you're doing? And so those relationships give us that opportunity to give that feedback loop to researchers on our campus and say, you know, with where we're heading with this, it might not serve industry best. But if we make this shift now and put some money into doing some research in this area and get some test results in this area, it may be relevant to 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 some industry partners. And so that's really what that those strategic partnerships provide for us. So how would you say those corporate partners have led to more deals or maybe differently structured deals? Yeah, I think I would say they would lead to differently structured deals. In some instances, there's a recent licensing agreement we executed with with a company in a suburb of Wichita. Uh, The name of the company is American Control and Engineering Services, Inc., or ACES for short. And the way that licensing deal went about is we actually had one of our other partners look at the technology and say, man, we really like what's happening here. We think that we could, if we could make these changes to it, we would really get something out of it. And so I was able to take that feedback from one of those long-term industry partners that we, that we work with very closely at the university and bring that to this company and say, you know, we, we may have a potential first customer already lined up for this technology. We need help though, advancing it in this way and that way. And that, was a great way for us to partner with ACES. It's the first time we've really created this partnership with ACES. And we were able to get a technology licensed out. And we already know one particular area or sector that it might be able to make immediate impacts on. So technically, we didn't do a deal with our in, our longstanding industry partner. And instead, what we did is we got that feedback from them, which definitely resulted in our opportunity to bring the technology elsewhere and get it licensed out. Now, along these same lines, can you tell us some of your office's biggest success stories, whether they're successful technologies or startups, things like that? Yeah. So 
you know, we are a very young tech transfer office. Like I said, we were just formed in June 2020. And before that, we had a tech transfer function dating back probably four or five years now. And so we don't really have those classic examples of success stories that have yielded millions of dollars back to the university. So instead, I, I think what I'll do is I'll focus on some of the current partnerships that we've been able to create with some of our technologies. And one that I'm really excited about is a licensing deal that we recently completed with Sam Medical out of Oregon. We had a rapid setting composite article technology. It's a, it was a composite, something that we know very well here at Wichita State University because of NIAR and composites and the role they play in the aviation industry. And we developed this composite material that went from an uncured to a cured state in less than 60 seconds underneath a UV light. And so what we did is we packaged that together to form a splint. And a natural place for us to go with this was SAM Medical in view of the SAM splint, something that's used on ambulances across the United States today. We were able to bring that technology to them. We, were, we got a licensing deal executed. They have, not gone to, uh, they have not gone to market yet with that. But I, I, I know that they are currently, they've built a number of prototypes and are getting user feedback. And so that's an example of one that I think in the near term, we'll start to see some some good positive feedback as a result of that licensing deal. Then we also have the ACES licensing deal, which I, I mentioned uh, briefly before. That's for a technology that's robotic focused. It's We call it an automated sanding cell. And essentially what you're able to do is put any curve component in there. It has a laser portion that will scan it. And then it has a haptic feedback to, to, the, to the robot to tell it exactly how hard to push as it brings the the sanding arm over and sands that entire surface, something that we think will have big implications in the aviation industry, as well as, an, as well as a number of other industries. And that's an example because we did that with a with a company that's in a suburb of Wichita that we think we can see some good feedback from immediately because it's going to it went to a local company here and is providing that something that because we're a young tech transfer office, something that, you know, I implemented about a year ago now. And it, I wish I could say that I was brilliant. I came up with this all by myself, but I was reading some book and it was talking about Intel Inside, the Intel Inside campaign that they ran at IBM. And I thought, man, I wish we could do something like that. And so what we created was in a lot of our contracts, we have we added an acknowledgement clause where the company that licenses out our technology will have to put on their product packaging on their ad, or their advertising acknowledging that this technology is powered by Wichita State University. And so we're trying to help others recognize the impact we're having because our logo will actually be on that product packaging, on that advertising. Now, as you know, uh, contracts, every clause is up for negotiation. If that's one that tends to be a sticking, if that, if that is a clause that is being a sticking point, you know, we'll be willing to take that clause out. But so far, most of the partners we've, we've worked with are very excited about that acknowledgement clause because they also see a benefit in having power by Wichita State University associated with their product. So that's one way we're really trying to be able to promote the impact stories that are coming out of our technologies. Yeah, I think for being such a young office, it's incredible the trajectory that you have right now. And, and you mentioned all the things that you've been doing during the pandemic. So I think... Uh, you guys are on a really amazing and very fast-paced course. So with successes also come challenges and being a young office, I'm sure you have several challenges. What what would you say are your top two challenges? 
The number one challenge for sure is setting expectations. And I think that goes back a little bit about what we've been talking about before, which is technology transfer at a large institution differs from technology technology transfer at an institution like Wichita State University, University, which is located in an urban setting. And so setting those expectations to realize that we're not going to have millions upon millions of dollars pouring in from licensing revenues in the next two years. It's just not something that's feasible or something that's going to happen. But instead, we, we can have immediate impact in some of the things that we're doing. But we have to shift our focus to understand that we have to be looking towards maximizing the impact and not immediately maximizing revenues. I like to always say royalties coming back to the university are a byproduct of tech transfer, but they are not the purpose of technology transfer. The purpose of technology transfer is to create new products and services that can impact people's lives in the commercial marketplace. And so a natural byproduct of that is those royalties, but what we should be really trying to measure is the impact that we're having. So setting expectations, both among researchers and among administrators here at the university is something that is a bit of a challenge, but it's definitely something that we've been working through and I think we've made a lot of progress and we've had an opportunity to do a lot of neat things as a result of that. The second large challenge that we have at Wichita State University is just establishing that innovation culture with our researchers here on campus. For so long, technology transfer has not been a primary focus of the university. And because of that, there hasn't really been this innovation culture inside of Wichita State University. Now, luckily for us at Wichita State, we have the city of Wichita surrounding us to help us get us over that hurdle. So something a lot of people don't realize is the amount of innovation that comes from the city of Wichita. Pizza Hut ties directly back to Wichita State University and students that came out of Wichita State University. And as a matter of fact, on our innovation campus, we actually have the original Pizza Hut sitting there as a museum. Oh, wow. Never knew that. It's pretty neat. It's a pretty neat thing uh, with this whole, with, with Pizza Hut. But then we also have the Coleman Company started here and Coleman Lanterns. And so innovation is part of the DNA of Wichita. And so this is an example of before when I said that we don't really have boundaries between the university and, and the community. This is an example where the community has really been helping shape us as the university. It's been helping us realize this innovation culture that we can bring onto campus. And, and I, I will say in a very short amount of time, We've seen a lot of strides and a lot of people now are thinking, well, is this a technology that could potentially be a spin out? Is this a technology we could potentially license? And they're reaching out to the TTC to help assist with those processes. Now, on top of everything else that you're involved with, you're also the co-host of a podcast called Shock Talk. Can you tell us a little bit more about this podcast? So the podcast really comes from the fact that I wanted to do something from the tech transfer office that focused on innovation and entrepreneurship in Wichita. And I had just met an individual, a young man attending Wichita State University. He's a freshman here who already was running his own business. He's from St. Louis, but he was already running his own business called Venture Mentality LLC. And as part of that, he was doing a podcast and he had interviewed a number of impressive people already. Uh, everybody from Mark Randolph, who you know founded Netflix, to Jay Harris at ESPN, 
And so Jacob had already interviewed all these people. And I thought, man, here's not, here's my opportunity to get this podcast up and running. So I talked with Jacob and I asked if he'd be interested in starting shock talk with me. Now his one requirement was that I had to be the co-host with him. Really, I would have wanted Jacob to take this all. And that's really where we're heading. But the purpose of Shock Talk is to be able to distribute the amazing stories that are happening here in Wichita surrounding entrepreneurship and innovation. And we've had a number of episodes already. And, and, you know, every week we try to release an episode. I will say that we've missed on a few weeks because of the pandemic and you have to cancel an interview suddenly. But we've really been trying to hit an episode a week. We've talked to a number of individuals here in the Wichita area about neat businesses that they're running. Our most recent uh, episode was with Roy Moy III, who he talked about he's an aerospace engineer at Spirit Aerosystems who on the side runs a company called STEM Music LLC. And what STEM Music is about is he's trying to sing about math and about engineering and anything related to STEM to bring more of the youth into wanting to engage with it. And he's specifically trying to increase diversity. And he does it in a very unique way, a very fun way. And a number of students latch onto it. I have a five-year-old son. I, my son loves listening to Roy sing. And so those, those types of stories are what we're trying to bring out with Shock Talk because it goes back to we're just trying to have that impact and amplify what others are doing in the Wichita community. And I listened to that episode with Roy and he's very impressive. He's got a tremendous amount of energy. And I think what he's trying to do in terms of pairing uh, music with STEM is just incredible. And you can see that the tremendous impact that something like that would have. And for some of our listeners, he also uh, gave a TED Talk as well, which talks about the power of diversity in music and STEM. And I really encourage everybody to listen to the podcast and also watch um, the TED Talk of Roy's because he's truly an inspirational person. So switching gears a little bit, let's talk about women inventors and entrepreneurs. Does Wichita State have any programs to help encourage and assist women inventors and entrepreneurs? And if so, could you talk about them in a little bit of detail? You know, we don't have any specific programs, but one thing that I will say is we recently hosted Director Iyanku from the director of the United States Patent and Trademark Office at an event called Expanding Innovation in the Sunflower State. And one of the things that, you know, he really focused on was the need to include more individuals in innovation, specifically women and minorities. And that is something that, you know, I've really taken to heart here with what we're trying to do in the tech transfer office at Wichita State. I have one student, Sierra. She is my marketing student. She's, she's getting a biomedical engineering degree, but she's, she's really good at marketing and she kind of runs my marketing arm of our tech transfer office. But she's very involved in, in trying to get more women into STEAM. And she runs a program called Full Steam Ahead. And it's it's her attempt to, to get as much out there about women involved in STEAM as possible. And so while we don't have a specific program yet, it is definitely something that we're looking at forming. And, and what we try to do is we promote as many activities as we can about getting women involved in, in what we're doing as a matter of fact, at Wichita State University, we recently launched a molecular diagnostics lab as a result of this entire coronavirus pandemic. And Tanya Witherspoon is really the individual who led that. And Sarah Nichol is one of the lead uh, scientists who's helping us be able to do what we're doing through that molecular diagnostic lab. 
And it's really an amazing and impressive feat what Tanya and Sarah were able to do. In six months' time, Wichita State University went from having no molecular diagnostic lab to having a CLIA-certified diagnostic lab with the capability of running 32,000 COVID tests every single week. And so Tanya is just one of the many examples here at Wichita State of women who are really getting involved in innovation and, and, and trying to, to help in every way that they can. And I think it's important that we focus and spotlight those because too often I think those things are overlooked or not focused on enough. And, you know, without those types of examples and role models, then it's hard for somebody else to know who to look up to. Yeah, that's amazing what they were able to do in such a short amount of time. That's truly, truly impressive. Let's talk a little bit about organizations like Autumn and LES. Are you involved in any of these? And if so, what value do you think they add? So I am a member of Autumn. I I will say Wichita State does not report our metrics to Autumn yet. Uh, It's something that we definitely want to do. It's, It's more of a bandwidth issue than anything. But Autumn provides amazing networking opportunity and learning opportunities. And it's something that I think, as an organization, helps tell the mission of tech transfer. And one of the, what I would really like to do is at the university like Wichita State is, is help, help with Autumn, the, the idea of reshaping some of the standard metrics to focus on how urban setting universities like Wichita State are still an important member of Autumn to go along with a number of the other universities that are part of it as well. Now, what's your view on credentialing, things like registered tech transfer professional, the RTTP designation? Do you have any thoughts on it and whether or not it makes a difference? You know, I I didn't even realize credentialing and technology transfer was a thing until I started listening to your podcast. And so I I did a little bit of digging and looking into that specifically. I I definitely, I, I myself am not a huge fan of credentialing, but at the same time, I really do understand the value in it, especially in this area, because technology transfer is, is a pretty unique animal. It's something that to this day, I try to explain to my parents what I do, and they still have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about, which sure. tells me that it's a necessarily there's a complexity about it that I think is why credentialing can be valuable uh, for helping helping out this process. Well, Rob, I generally like to end the podcast by asking my guests if they could have any three wishes granted for Wichita State, or if you could have a vision realized, what would that be? So I thought about whether I was going to give you three wishes, and I don't want to sound as though I'm complaining for three different things. So instead, what I want to do is focus on on the vision. And really, it's to continue to expand what we're doing in the tech transfer office here at Wichita State University and continue to expand the impact that we are having on our community, our state, and on the nation. I think as we continue to grow in the coming years, there is a path to having a large impact. And there is a path that we can get there very quickly, I believe. I don't think it's going to take us five to 10 years before we start hitting licensing revenue numbers around $700,000 plus. And I really think we're going to be able to do that in a unique way. A lot of tech transfer offices have uh, you know, a, a staff of anywhere from five to 15 employees. I think we can hit those kind of numbers and have that impact with a staff of less than five employee, full-time employees by leveraging our student capabilities. And so it, my vision is to continue to bring more students into what we're doing in the technology transfer office 
So that way we can continue to have the large impact that we're already seeing. Well, I think, Rob, you're really on your way with having that vision realized and and all the best in getting it realized as quickly as possible. Well, Rob, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? They can send me an email at rob.gerlach at wichita.edu. That's spelled G-E-R-L-A-C-H. Or, you know, I'm really active on LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I, I try to share what we're doing on LinkedIn as my primary social media site. I do a little bit on Twitter as well. But feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email and I'd be happy to talk with anybody. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again, Rob. It's really been great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and align on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.